What's going on, family? On this episode of See Me at Halftime, we're going to look at a couple NFL offseason moves. Do we really think that Tom Brady is leaving the Patriots? Also, we got a couple CBA moves. Do we really want 17 games? What is that going to do for the league? And also, we got a couple guests on the show. Don't go anywhere. It's See Me at Halftime. Let's get the show started. Shot clock is off. Hardaway to Trier. Trier drives down. Oh, throws it down. Oh, Alonzo Trier. Some type of run pass option going to the right. Boise State for the win. They hand it off to Johnson. Boise State has won the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. Can you believe it? Man, you already know what it is. You know how we get down. It's see me at halftime with your boy. Light skin poppy, Chef Boy RJ, always cooking up the fresh heat. The host of the show, Jared Parker. Happy Friday, by the way. I know the podcast is a little late. It's a little, little late, just a dash, just a dash. But um, you know, me and the missus was doing a little, a little community service today. Um, you know, it was career day, and a couple people asked us to come out. So that's why the pod is late. You know, doing good things in the community. Can't complain about it, but let's get the show started. We're talking about the NFL offseason. Now, I know that the free agency doesn't begin yet. It doesn't begin till March. But there's currently a lot of rumors and stuff going around. And, you know, we're going to take a look at them. Also, we're going to look at the, um, the CBA proposal and how that could potentially affect us. And we also got some guests on the show. Two guests, to be exact. So, I'm excited. You know, let's get it going. So, the CBA has basically come up with, you know, a bargaining agreement, you know, for the people who aren't really big NFL fans. It's basically, you know, a collective bargaining agreement between the NFL Owners NFL Players Association. So, they came up with, you know, these, the lists and... Here's the season structure. What they're trying to do is the beginning of the upcoming season for 2020, they want to push it from 16 regular season games with a postseason expanded. So currently, for each conference, you take the six best teams, depending on, you know, the wins and losses columns and the tiebreakers and all that, and you you basically divvy up the conferences among six teams. They're now trying to push that to 14 teams, which would mean, you know, a team would get that last slot. So instead of six teams, you would have seven. Depending on how the structure plays out, it could be a good or bad thing. I'm not really, you know, honestly, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm I'm 50-50 on the matter. 
I think that it can be a good thing and a bad thing. You know, on the plus side, it's okay. Now a team has a chance to make a run. You know, the teams that end up, you know, eight and eight, you know, nine and seven, they have a chance to get that last spot. But for me, the other half of it is, okay, your team's not good enough to make your playoffs. Now, you know, let's say you're a 7-9 team and you get in by the skin of your teeth. You know, and you know any anything is really possible, but, you know, looking at it like that, I mean, I thought the six teams were fine. Now, this gives your team a chance to get into the, you know, get into the playoffs, but it's like, you know, how is the structure going to be divvied up? And then starting in 2021, they want to expand the regular season from 16 to 17 games. And and to be honest with you, I don't think it's as bad as people, you know, are making it out to be. You know, you get about four preseason games that lets the practice squad and, you know, the second and third string players get a couple reps in. So the only real problem that I could see with having 17 games is that, you know, God forbid, you know, a starter, you know, has a season-ending injury. But I think at that point, you know, coach is smart enough to see, okay, we're in a playoff push or, you know, I can start my starters or, you know what, we're, we're clear for the playoffs. We're good. You know, there's no problems, no issues. So we know we're just going to play it out. We're going to put our string guys in. Or, you know what, our team is a three-win, four-win team. So we really have nothing to play for. So, you know, we're going to go about our business because the way they're trying to set it up is that each team receives a bye week in place of a fourth preseason game. So that means that they would have two bye weeks. I mean, you know, I don't really see anything wrong with it. You know, for me, nothing's wrong with more football. You know, I know that some people was like, you know, man, like some people don't want to see certain teams play together or, you know, the season's too long or it's fine how it is. If they change and if they don't change it, it's not going to hurt me at the end of the day. I think I think no matter what they do, it's going to be what it is. Now, in terms of the revenue split, this year, owners are going to receive about 53% and players receive about 47%. I mean, it's not a bad percentage if you, you know, if you understand it, which is basically saying that, you know, when it comes to TV deals, sponsorships and all that other stuff, that the revenue is split differently. So owners would be getting 53% of said revenue, like annual revenue, and players receive 47% and you know, it's divvied up. Now, getting to the current free agent class, there's a lot of things that are going on now, and there's a lot of things that are being said around the league. This is where my guests come in. So... I'd like to introduce my cousin Michael. He is a very bold Cowboys fan, one of the boldest Cowboys fans that I know, and also my best friend Nick, um, avid Patriots fan. He's a little he's a little pissed off about the whole Tom Brady situation, but we're gonna see what they got to say. Let's bring him in and um, let's see what they got to say about the situation right now. I like to challenge that whole thing about Dak Prescott declining 33 million per year it's a lot more to it than just what the number is per year they were trying to jerk him with guarantees 
and the length of the deal as well, I think. I don't know if that's fair. So what my cousin is referring to is a couple episodes back, I complained that Dak was, um, that Dak turned down 30-something mil that was offered to him by the Cowboys. And, you know, doing further research into it, it was, it was you know, it was kind of a jerk deal. I mean, don't get me wrong, I think Dak, Dak is a, you know, he's a decent quarterback. You know, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying he's, you know, one of the best. No, not really. But this year... Statistically speaking, was one of his better years. He threw for 4,900 yards, 30 touchdowns, and at about 8.2 yards per attempt, which I don't think is bad. I think the problem with the Cowboys organization right now is that they don't know how to move their money, if if that's understood. Don't get me wrong. Is Dak worth the money? That's what you have to ask yourself. Can you bring in a different free agent quarterback and they still give you the same amount that Dak is giving you or maybe even more, you know, as the playoff losses, you know, pile up and all that. Apparently now they're looking to franchise tag him. And for the people, you know, who don't follow the NFL, who don't know what a franchise tag is, is that a tag is basically put on a player who was set to become an unrestricted free agent. The tag, known as the franchise tag, bonds the player to the team for one year if certain conditions are met. So what that means is that Dak would be put on a tag for a year, which basically works into a new deal. Now, the reason why I think, personally, they're giving him a franchise tag is to see how well they do under Mike McCarthy, the new head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Now, Mike McCarthy is an offensive guru, I think, for the Cowboys organization. That was a solid pickup. He he has a Super Bowl when he was coaching with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Now, also in Jerry Jones's mind, it's like, you know, Dak, realistically, we don't need you. We just need somebody to fill in that quarterback spot. We have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. And on top of that, we have a top three running back in Ezekiel Elliott. So I think that's the way he's looking at it. And also, Dak doesn't really have to be somebody who has to throw a vertical down the field. I mean, having a Michael Gallup or having an Amari Cooper, Amani Cooper, I'm sorry, is somebody that, you know, it's like, you know, really see, do we really need you? If Tony was, if Tony Romo was back, will we give Tony the money and not you? I think realistically, what they need to do is see how this year progresses out, and take it from there. Because now you have to look at it. Okay, what is the free agent class going to be looking like next year? Okay, let's say we don't take anybody and we just sit on the tag. Who's coming out of college next year that we can look at? Do we want to trade up for them? Do we want to make any moves? What do we want to do? So right now, I'm fine with the with the tag sitting on Dak. I'm not saying Dak is garbage. I'm not saying he's the best. But I think that sitting on the tag right now is the best thing that they can do because they still have to work out a deal with Cooper. And if they let Cooper go, then they're going to have to look for somebody in the draft. Now, my boy Nick is up. Let's see what he has to say about what's going on in the NFL offseason. 
What's up, Jared? Big fan of the show. It's your boy, Nick. You asked me earlier in the week about some insight on Tom Brady and the possible rumor trade of him going to the Titans, and I'm telling you right now, I'm going to shut it down, and here's why. All right? Brady's a system quarterback. He would not fit on that Titans deep, on that Titans offense. He is a pocket passer. He's not meant for a read option run, you know? Tannehill is at least a little more maneuverable. You know, he's quick, sort of. But, like, he's just not going to work. He's, it, it's, Brady can't, he can't run. He can't run. That's a fact. But the other thing is, why would you go to the team that beat you in the playoffs? You know, it makes no sense to me. So, I don't know, I'm just kind of a little lost on why that was even a possibility of a rumor. And I'm just thinking about it more, like, Brady and, he's not leaving New England. Anytime soon. And I'm going to tell you why right now. The reason why I say Brady's not leaving New England is you just lost a major game. Like you said, Brady's got a sour taste in his mouth. You know, why are you going to leave a team that gave you all them Super Bowls, you know? Belichick and Kraft, like, it's like the, the triple threat. You know what I mean? Like, if I were Kraft, I would pay him as much money as Brady wants to stay just for another year. And if I were Brady... And Belichick, I would make all the coaching moves possible to get him receivers. You know, you got an okay run game for now. Could be better, but, you know, it's better than nothing. Brady's not going anywhere. He's staying right there in New England. And, like, the idea of him moving somewhere else is just unrealistic to me, you know? I don't don't know what else to say. (laughs) I don't know what else to say. You know, Brady is perfect for that team. And, yeah, he's struggling with receivers right now, but that's when you got to use your QB powers. You know, persuade Belichick, persuade Bel- uh, at Kraft. Listen, guys, we need to sign better receivers. We need to put more tref- effort into training these receivers so we can have a decent offense. We can't be relying on Julian Edelman the whole time. People catch on to it really quick. Even though Julian Edelman's a monster, People catch on to it. That's why he got shut down for the majority of the season, believe it or not. That's what it used to look like to me. But, like, you can't you can't leave a system like that. It's just too perfect for you. You're a pocket passer. That's a pocket passing team. You know, they prioritize the pass over the run. It's just Brady out of New England. It makes, it's not, it's, he's not going anywhere. That's a fact. He's never going to go on the Titans. That's another fact. Tannehill's not going anywhere in Tennessee. He's staying right there. That's exactly the style of offense that he's going to be successful in. You know, that's why he made a playoff run with them. Now, obviously, majority of that work was Derrick Henry. But they go hand in hand. You know, you get a quarterback that can decently throw, paired with a running back that can be a monster. It's a lethal duo, you know, and it's bound to get better. But... They just got to invest in receivers for Brady. Once Brady gets receivers, he'll be great. You can't rely on Edelman. You don't got Gronk anymore. Josh Gordon was your biggest deep threat. Along with Brandon Cooks, you got rid of both of them. You know, like, Edelman can only take so many hits in the middle. He's just, he's getting up there in age. He's going to get slower, you know? You got to you gotta start investing in better receivers, you know? Put more work into rookies. Nikhil Harry can be great. He's got to do it. I, I just, like I said, 
And I repeated myself, Brady's not going anywhere. He's staying right there in New England. He's just going to have to go in there. He's going to come with that death threat. Like, yo, I'm coming after everybody in this league. I'm going to sling the ball 300, 400 yards a game just so I can get to that playoff. And then once he makes that playoff run again, then I have a feeling that's when he's going to retire. And then Belichick's going to have to find the new golden boy of New England, you know? It's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what happens, but in reality, they'd be dumb to get rid of Brady. They need better receivers, and Brady can't fit in any other style offense than New England, because Belichick and Brady go hand in hand. You know, you say it all the time. He's a system quarterback, and that's the perfect system for him. He's not going anywhere. I'm not going to lie, there's a lot of facts that he's making. There's a lot of facts that he's making. And when it comes down to Tom, people label Tom Brady as the greatest system quarterback that we have ever seen, you know. And to be quite frank, he's not wrong. I think with the loss of Gronkowski, it wasn't something that they initially planned for. Like, okay, you know, we're losing Gronk, you know, we're going to be okay. Like, no, that's a huge hole that you're trying to fill. And, I mean, Tom brought you, he brought six, I'm talking, like, numbers-wise, I'm talking six championships to New England. Yeah, you know, guaranteed, you know, he's getting, you know, he's getting older. He's not able to throw the ball as well. You know, I get it. You know, I, I get it. I understand. But why would you not? want him to go out in the blades of glory you know he made you know he made a valid point i mean you know guarantee that defense number one scoring defense in the league last year julian edelman and tom can't do it all by themselves you know you can see that the old line was struggling this year you can see that you know Nikhil harry was injured for you know a good portion at the beginning of the season so you know he wasn't able to do much and then you pick up muhammad sanu off of atlanta you know, he's really not doing much. Lacrosse, you know, he comes off, you know, certain times in certain games. You got Myers, comes up when, you know, when necessary, but not all the time. Philip Dorsett can't stay healthy. So, realistically, who do you have? I don't think that, you know, you know, there's a lot of reports going on, man. And what people don't understand that when it comes to this NFL offseason, that people just throw reports out. Apparently, there's reports he's meeting with the Colts. The Raiders, the Chargers. As my man said, I think that you give Tom what he needs. I think that the Belichick-Brady dynamic duo has worked for this long. Why would you stop now? Yeah, he had a little bit of an off year this year. I get it. But they still made the playoffs. What you know? What do you want to do? The AFC is becoming more dynamic with a Patrick Mahomes, a Lamar Jackson, and a Deshaun Watson. I think, like Nick said, I think that you need to get you know more receivers because because the defense the defense is obviously fine. The defense is obviously fine. I think that you work on your receivers. You draft a couple receivers. You get more pieces for the O line, and I think that you bring him back for another year. And if they don't want to talk to him, which is apparently what the reports are saying. Because me, realistically, can you see Tom in a different uniform? You know, if he signs to the Colts, okay, let's say he signs to the Colts. Okay, you know, 
they have a good running game. The defense is, you know, the defense is okay. And the only reliable receiver that you have is T.Y. Hilton. But most of the time he's injured along with Eric Ebron. Then you go to the Chargers. Okay, you know, the Chargers are a decent team too. They also have an okay defense. The running game is is honestly top 10 with Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. And also you will have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Hunter Henry at your disposal. And then, you know, the last stop, quote-unquote, is also the Raiders. I mean, you have Darren Waller. You have, a you know, a nice young running back in Josh Jacobs. And you also have Hunter Renfro in... If he's not hurt, if he's not hurt, a Tyrell Williams. But I don't see Brady leaving the New England Patriots. I think it's all a facade. I think it's just, okay, you know, let's let's do something to stir up the masses. Let, let, let's shake it up a little bit. And like you said, you know, you lost to the Tennessee Titans in Foxborough. What makes you think that Tom would leave Foxborough to go to Nashville? But... With the way the NFL works, man, anything is possible. So, it is what it is. Now, he got a second question. Let's see what he got going on. New talk of the league is Phil, where Phil Rivers is going to go. You know? I got to say, Bucks have interest in him. Colts got interest in him. Raiders, I heard, got interest in him. Man, the only team he's going to be a good fit on is the Bucks. And I only say that because he's going to... The same style pocket passer offense, but just with upgraded receivers. You got that boy Chris Godwin. You got Mike Evans. And you got OJ Howard, which can honestly develop into a light country Henry type of tight end, you know? The Bucks realistically should try and pick him up since they released Jameis Winston. Because there's there's no there's no need. To keep a QB that throws the exact amount of interceptions to touchdown ratios, you know? Like, what is the purpose of that? Now, Rivers threw pretty much a very similar ratio to Jameis Winston did. As far as TDs and interceptions, the only difference is Jameis threw more. You know, going from the Chargers to the Bucks, you just got, like I said, you got upgraded receivers, but no run game. You know? And Rivers can do well if he passes it but he's going to be in a good style offense now he's going to be under Bruce Arians if they do sign if they sign him there you know going to be under Bruce Arians it's going to be like how Carson Palmer was down in the Cardinals you know he'll be able to throw the ball still and they can I feel like they can develop a good offensive playbook around Rivers Evans and Godwin and then develop OJ Howard more you know the issue is they got no run game but I mean it's possible to win without a run game. Hard, but possible. Like, realistically, the Chargers did good because that should be a playoff contending team. They should have, like, a good chance in making the championship games, you know, because they got that great defense and they got a decent offense, especially with MG3. And Eckler in the backfield. You got a receiving back and a running back that can catch too. Like it's it's a dual threat, similar to how Kamara and Ingram was on the Saints. You know? It's like it's just I don't know. I feel like the coaching, they just didn't know how to handle the coach. They just didn't have good coaches on the Chargers, you know? And like 
they kind of, I feel like they kind of screwed Rivers because you compare the season he had this past season to one he had two seasons ago, totally different picture, you know? So, I don't know, he, I think he just had an off season. Now, given he might have just had an off season, could just be his age catching up with him too, who knows? But, Philip Rivers on the Bucks, I I like I I, I kind of like that move if they go through with it, you know. If they go through with it, I feel like it'll put the Bucks in the running in the NFC, or at least give them a, a better chance because I don't think they realistically ever had a chance with Jameis. He's had so many good receivers and he could barely throw to them. How you got to Sean Jackson, that nice ass vertical threat, and you don't even like throw to him. Or when you do it, you're missing him. They didn't have no chemistry, you know? Jameis hasn't developed chemistry with anyone. He, he sort of did with Godwin this past season, and he never really had anything with Mike Evans. But either way, like, come on. You should have been doing way better with the, that receiving core that they had, you know? Rivers would be a good fit on the Bucks. long story short. Be able to do it. He could be good for that receiving. He can, Bruce Arians can coach him. You know, he can turn that team in, in, into actually, like, a decent team, you know. And the Chargers, well, they just got to figure out what they're going to do. Possibly Teddy Bridgewater signing would be good since Breeze is back with the Saints. Teddy Bridgewater would be a good fit on that team, I think. Got good receivers, and you can do read option with Melvin Gordon. And you know Bridgewater can run, so. But that's a whole other discussion in itself. I'll let you take care of that one. <laughs> but... Nah, man. Rivers wouldn't fit on the Raiders. He wouldn't fit in the Patriots. I mean, he could fit in the Patriots, but it's just, it's just not the same. It's not the Patriots without Tom Brady, you know? That's my outlook on it. Hmm. I can't disagree. There's a lot of valid points there. For me, like I said, the cutoff for me with Phillip Rivers was this year when he had that game against the Chiefs. I believe it was in Mexico City, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Um, he threw four interceptions. I think the decision-making, you know, isn't there. Like I said, you have you have a, a Austin Eckler, a Melvin Gordon. You know what? Let's, let's, let's X out Melvin Gordon, because Melvin Gordon sat out for a good portion of the year and demanded money. And what did what happened? Austin Eckler balled out. I mean, even Jackson was doing his thing, man. You know what I'm saying? But, but, you know, back to Phil. I think what it is, you know, 16 years and only six times to the playoffs. I mean, you were supposed to go to New York originally. Imagine if you and Eli swapped like how it was supposed to be. Eli got two championships. You have nothing to show for your time. Yes, you know, you can make a case for, you know, offensive coordinator changes, QB coach changes. But even in his press conferences, Phil said, when I sling it, I sling it. You know, whatever happens, happens. I thought I made the right decision. And as a GM and as an owner, you gave 16 seasons to this man. All right? You know, like I said, the defense is okay. You know, there's certain parts here and there that need to be fixed. But when you have... A decent squad. Alright? You know, you have a Keenan Allen. You you had I mean before before Hunter Henry, you had an Antonio Gates. Now you can say that, you know, well Jared, he you know, he hasn't had, you know, a good a really good running back since LT. 
all right, cool. You know, that makes sense. That's fine. You know, we can sit on that. But when it comes down to it, Phil's decision-making, I feel, is what his issue is. Yes, he can move if necessary. He can. He's a, he's a real gunslinger. He's one of those old-school quarterbacks that can really gunsling the ball. But there needs to be better decision-making. Now, if the Bucks do take him, I think personally that the Bucks take him. I think that the Bucks will take him. I mean, I think Bruce Arians is tied to Jameis, even though, you know, it's his first year with Jameis. And Bruce Arians, you know, did a hell of a job with the Arizona Cardinals a few years back. But I think that Jameis, you know, hasn't adapted to the game, you know, IQ-wise, you know, demeanor-wise. Like I said, you know, when he was down in New Orleans a few years ago, he, he was out there eating W's in front of in front of Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson looking at him like, yo, bro, what, what, what the hell are you doing, bro? There's certain things that you just don't do. Like I said, for me, I don't think Jameis is a starting quarterback anymore. I think that he can be an excellent backup. You know, he can, you know, he could get a W for your team, but being a leader of a team, I don't think so. I think that Phil will finish his career with the Bucks. I mean, like, I, you know, they realistically, they don't have a run game. I think that's the thing that they have to work on this offseason. If they can establish a run game and with Phil passing, hopefully, you know, they can make a playoff push. Because you do have a Mike Evans. You do have an athletic tight end in O.J. Howard. You do have a Chris Godwin, you know. But also what people don't understand is that the NFC South is a very very tough division to play in so you know you got the Atlanta Falcons you got the Saints you got the Bucks and you also have the Panthers so if Phil's gonna battle in that division because remember Phil came from a division where the primary the primary leader of the AFC West within the past couple of years, has been either the Broncos or, more recently, the Chiefs. Now, you know, that, 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 you know, that's a tough conference to play in. You got the Chargers, you got the Chiefs, you got the Broncos, and you got the Raiders. Now, you're going to a top three tougher division in the NFC South because any team realistically can come out of the NFC South. One year might be Atlanta. One year might be Carolina. One year might be Tampa Bay. One year it might be the Saints. You don't know. So with him being in a tougher division, if Tampa Bay does sign him, I think it's going to be a little bit tougher. Will he have a better team surrounded around him? I want to say no. Does he have a better offensive-minded coach? Yes. Do they need a run game? Absolutely. But... You know, let's see how it goes. Let's see how NFL, you know, free agency plays out. Also, on top of that, there's reports that Cam is going to stay in Carolina, which I'm a little bit surprised about because, you know, a lot of people talked about, oh, you know, we got Kyle Allen. You know, we got Will Greer out of West Virginia. So, you know, we don't really need him. I feel like they want to give him another chance, but there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody deserves a second chance. So we'll see what happens now, which leaves that spot. In um, on the charges available, and I think 
what should happen is that the Chargers should pick up Teddy Bridgewater. Because remember I said before in the previous episodes, if Mariota stays in Tennessee, and as my man said, that, that, that Ryan Tannehill should stay in Tennessee, because realistically all you need is a quarterback that can, that can throw. Derrick Henry's going to give you, you know, he's going to run the ball. Let him run. I think that Teddy Bridgewater would be the perfect signing for the Chargers. I know I said Cam, but reports are saying that Cam is going to stay in Carolina. So, I think that picking up Teddy Bridgewater would be good. For the simple fact that, you know, everybody acts like Teddy Bridgewater was a bum after he got injured. He, he, no, he wasn't. He legit went undefeated when he started for the Saints while Drew Brees was injured in the beginning of the 2019 season. So you can't tell me that Teddy Bridgewater is a bum. Is he mobile? He's mobile when he has to be. Can he throw the ball? Teddy Bridgewater could throw a ball, man. You realize that he only was let go out of Minnesota because they came and, you know, because of the cap. Because of the cap. And also, they were planning on signing Kirk Cousins. So I think Teddy Bridgewater would be their best bet because if they're if they're not looking to take somebody within the draft, Teddy Bridgewater has to be your best bet. He has to be your best bet. I don't I don't know how you go about this now, Jameis. Like I said personally, I think Jameis is a he is now a backup quarterback, and it, you know it's sad to see because coming out of Florida State, everybody was like, you know, him and Mariota, you know, they they could really do something in this league. And to be honest, Mariota has always had less than what Jameis has had. Jameis, you know, like I said, you threw thirty touchdowns this year. You know, I'm proud of you. That's good, but you also threw thirty interceptions. That's a one to one ratio. Now, I'm not saying, you know, I play quarterback or, or, you know, I can read the defenses the best, but I'm looking for shirts that have my color on it. I'm not looking at the opposite team. I'm throwing to my men. You have to, you have, you got to connect the dots, bro. Like, I'm, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. But that's only a fragment of what's happening because once the actual free agency starts, Man, I don't know what's going to happen. It's like, you know, anything could change legit within a blink of an eye. You know, you never know. So, free agency starts on March 18th. We're going to see how it goes. Currently, the combine's going on. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of great players a lot of great plays, man. I like what I'm seeing. This this quarterback race is getting tight between Burrow, um, Love, Herbert, and Tua. So, you know, we might see some fresh faces in the league where they might just make an impact firsthand. But that's my time. As always, it's your boy Lightskin Poppy, Shift Boy RJ. You know the vibes, man. You know how we get down. As always, follow us on Twitter and at Instagram at see me at halftime as always peace love and sports i'm out of here sunny looking like big moms man tell the gang i never break my promise man man huh.